0: Welcome in, folks. This is another edition of the Big Ten Country Podcast. I am your host, James Naveau, and today we are continuing our preparations for the football season. By the way, as we are recording this at this very moment, guys, brace yourselves. We do not have to deal with another Saturday without college football until January. Just let those words kind of wash over you and realize that week zero is finally upon us my friends we have made it and today we are going to talk about a team that doesn't play in week zero because none of the big 10 teams do but we are going to be talking about the illinois fighting illini who are hoping to prove that last season was not a fluke that they are building something sustainable in champagne under head coach brett bielema there's quarterback drama somehow still uh brett bielema has not named a starting quarterback yet everybody kind of assumes it's going to be luke altmeyer but Josh Paddock has turned some heads. Who the heck knows what's going on with that? I'm personally leading Luke Altmyer, and so is the guest that we have tabbed to help us get ready for Illinois football. He is Scott Ritchie of the News Gazette down in the Champaign-Urbana area, has a Heisman Trophy vote. We do talk a little bit about Heisman Trophy stuff, but we mainly focus on Illinois football. We talk about Isaiah Williams, Luke Altmyer. We talk about the law firm. We talk about whether... The over-under on Illinois wins is actually going to hit this season. Lots of good conversation with Scott Ritchie. We get into all of that here in the, the virtual studio powered by points bets. And let me tell you something. There is a lot of, um, I'll call it cautious optimism in Champaign that Illinois is heading in the right direction from a football perspective. And we're going to get into a lot of those reasons for that optimism, along with some questions about whether or not It's perhaps misplaced, and we are going to do that right now with Scott Ritchie. As promised, joining us today on the Big Ten Country Podcast is Scott Ritchie of the News Gazette down in Champaign-Urbana. He covers Illinois football, basketball, got a Heisman vote, all sorts of stuff we can ask him about. But the first question I'm going to ask him is, how are you doing today, Scott? How's uh, training camp treating you?
1: Well, I mean, it certainly marks the end of summer sooner than I would probably like, but, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, back in the the groove of covering Illinois football.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely a team that's going to have a lot of intriguing storylines, uh, turned a lot of heads last season, especially on the defensive side of the football. They made a ton of progress. So I think I'm just going to kind of ask you for a lay of the land to kind of start things out as you've been watching these summer practices and the team has had a couple of scrimmages what are your kind of initial impressions of a team that is kind of looking to prove that not just that last season wasn't a fluke but that they're building something sustainable uh, for the future of Illinois football
1: I think that last point's probably the most important especially for Brett Bielmo when he was hired you know his whole idea was to build Illinois into a consistent winner because that's just something the program really has not been through the course of its history. There have been, you know, really high highs, and then a lot of just the same kind of low level non-success for, you know, large chunks of the program history. Um, so just a consistent winner is what he wants and that will require, you know, building off of last year's eight and five record. And, you know, we don't get to see a ton in training camp. Um, you know, Bielma's pretty closed door policy you know, on that. It's different than, you know, what Illinois football had been in the past um, under, you know, every coach, even, you know, into Lovie Smith, of course, his NFL background and open training camp didn't, didn't phase him at all. And he kept that going. Brett Bielma is uh, more interested in keeping things in house. So I've seen uh, quite a bit of stretching um, special teams and mm-hmm. you know a few individual drills, but, um, just from, you know, talking with Bioma and the other coaches, some of the players, like, names start to pop. So I have, I, have, I have a good idea as anybody about what this this team might be. And there's some strengths, uh, you know, especially on the defensive front. Um, I think again, maybe flip sides of the ball, the offensive line, pretty good as well again this year. But there are questions um, at quarterback with – you know, replacing Tommy DeVito at running back with replacing Chase Brown and in the secondary with replacing almost everyone. Um, so, I think there are players that can fill those roles, but until they run it out, you know, against Toledo on September second, uh, we won't really know. You know, if they're up to the task. Now, I think they can be. I think there's you know, talent in the in that roster, but got to see it against somebody else first.
0: Uh, you talked about a lot of uh, different things that we're going to hit on, and I think the <clears throat> the secretive nature of everything kind that's a interesting topic to me because I had gone into the summer just kind of assuming that Luke Altmaier was going to be the starting quarterback. He had transferred in from Old Miss for that purpose, but you want to get technical here. Brett Bielema still hasn't named a starter. You have uh, Ball State's Josh Paddock, who is also you know potentially competing for that job are you surprised that this is still kind of open? Do you think it's going to be Altmeyer? What's your read on the uh, quarterback situation for the Illini?
1: Well, the only thing is I don't think it's open. I, mean, I think it's Luke Altmaier and no. I'm not sure why Brett Bielma just hasn't pulled the trigger and, and said so. I don't, I'm not sure if he's, you know, you know, trying to you know, pull the wool over on Toledo, but um, if they're reading anything that I've written or my colleague Bob Bosterson or anybody else on the beat, it's like, it's Luke Altmeyer a quarterback. Yeah, he, You know, had the upper hand on John Paddock just because he was here in the spring. You know, he enrolled in January, went through all the spring practices, got immersed in Barry Loney's offense. So he's the guy. Now, you know, Paddock does have the experience. You know, he started every game last year at Ball State. He's in his sixth, sixth year of college football. But if it's not Luke Altmaier, I think that might be the biggest surprise of the Illinois football season.
0: What do you think Luke brings to the table that maybe Tommy DeVito didn't? Is there going to be kind of new elements to this offense that uh, he's going to be able to provide, uh, especially considering some of the turnover that uh, Illinois has seen, especially at running back uh, during the offseason and heading into the new year?
1: I think if you ask Illinois wide receivers, uh, Luke Almire's deep ball is something that uh, they are pretty pleased with. You know, he's just he's got a good arm, and you know, if you look at you know his background at will Miss, I mean. He was obviously going to, you know, back up Matt Crowley as a freshman, but you know, last year was deep in a competition with Jackson Dart. You know, wound up, you know, not winning it, but it had, at that point had won over. I think the Ole Miss locker room, like he was he really respected there. Um, so he might not have the game experience, but like he has the background, I think, to come in and be that replacement for Tommy DeVito. And I think you could see Illinois you know, in this post-Chase Brown era, throw the ball a little more. Um, I think mm-hmm. Barry Lenny would like to do that. We'll see how much Brett Bielma would like to do that because he's, he's, I mean, he always likes to bring up that his best teams run the ball, throw the ball equally, but like his history suggests, you know, he's a more of a run first guy, but like they have some interesting weapons in the passing game with Isaiah Williams, Pat Bryant, um, Casey Washington, three of the top four returning from last year. Um, and then, you know, freshman you know, Malik Elzey's name just keeps getting dropped. And, like, Brad Billman doesn't do that on accident. Like, mm-hmm. Malik Elsey's going to be a guy we see this year. And as a freshman, he's, like, six two two ten. 210. Like, he looks ready for the Big Ten. So, I think, you know, with Luke Altmaier at quarterback, they can throw more. I mean, at the time, DeVito couldn't. He was, you know, a good quarterback and you know sure. used his legs as well. But I think you could see that developing to more of a – yeah, a primary piece.
0: And definitely a ton of eyes on Isaiah Williams. I know Brett Pilema has been hugely complimentary of him. I did get to speak to Isaiah at Big Ten Media Days. And the vibe that everybody keeps kind of throwing out there and Isaiah has really thrown out there is that he's looking to take a step forward this season, even from the great performance he had last year, while also taking on more leadership responsibilities and being more of a vocal leader. How critical is his performance and being able to potentially even step up above what he did last season to the success overall of this entire offense?
1: I think it's pretty critical because I I mentioned the three receivers they have coming back and that's basically it as far as experience in that room, you know, Hank Beatty, you know, caught a few passes last year as a true freshman and I think could be primed for a bigger role this year. But um, Isaiah Williams is one of their best athletes just Mm -hmm. in general. Um, And the whole idea, you know, about using him as get him in space and let him work. Um, He's, his development though, he's trying to be more of a well-rounded wide receiver, you know, a guy that can, you know, do more than just, you know, kind of catch balls in the flat or, you know, across the middle on slant routes. And he, he wants to be kind of a, a more dynamic weapon, worked all summer to do so. So I think if he can elevate his game even more, which I and mean, he had a really good season last year, but like um that could be a, a huge piece for Illinois if he can be maybe just ten percent better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that even 10% better. I mean, he had, what, 83 catches or something like that last season. I mean, 10% better from that is, you know, getting into really rarefied air among Illinois receivers and just really would be a new component to that offense. Before we move to the uh, running game, I did want to ask you also about Pat Bryant, who uh, Brett Bielema has also singled out for a lot of praise during this preseason. Uh, What kind of expectations would you have for uh, him heading into the new year? I mean, probably no Bigger than Pat has
1: for himself, um, you know, he you know, debuted as a f- true freshman and played, and it was but was mostly a blocker. In fact, there were it was a formation with him and another receiver that every time those two were together, it was a run play. Like they were just there to block. And um, but he had sort of a mini breakout you know, last year, caught uh, about forty passes and. I think, you know, just again, just even incremental improvement in terms of production would be that big there. But he's a big target in the passing game. Um, He's got some bursts. I mean, they've used him as a kick returner as well. So I think, you know, he can be a a real downfield threat for Luke Altmaier. If if that's part of the Illinois offense, it wasn't always, you know, last Mm -hmm. season. You know, they didn't really stretch the field in the passing game very much, but I'm curious to see if they do this year.
0: Didn't really need to with uh, Chase Brown coming out of the backfield. That kind of enabled them to really like have teams key in on the run anyway. But my question then with to you is they lost Chase Brown, of course, to the NFL draft. Um, they've got some kind of interesting names on the roster, but I'm kind of curious on your take on who do you think is going to get the lion's share of the carries? Or is it going to be strictly you know running back by committee? Like, what's your kind of vibe that you're getting from Illinois in terms of the way they're going to structure their run game attack this season? I think it'll be closer to running back by committee. Um, I don't, I don't know if the
1: plan last year was to you know, give Chase Brown the ball as much as they did it, eventually, you know, with, you know, Josh McCray's injury um, and just the fact that a few defenses found it easy to bring Chase Brown down. Like they just, you can't stop going to him, um, mm-hmm. but he's gone. And I don't know that there's, the singular Chase Brown replacement, you know, in that room. But they do have, like, as you mentioned, some interesting options, some some talented guys. Josh McCray is healthy again. Um, he had kind of a mini breakout, you know, as a freshman, um, then dealt with, you know, injuries essentially throughout, you know, all of last season was kind of back here and there. But, you know, it, just, it was a nagging issue with his leg. Um, so curious to see what he does at healthy. You know, Reggie Love – you know, as, as a veteran in that group, doesn't have a ton of experience just because he's been behind guys, been behind Chase Brown. Um, they're sort of similar um, in terms of build uh, and skill set. Uh, and then Aiden Loffrey, you know, is a redshirt freshman. He dealt with some injuries last year, only played in one game, but he's kind of their their speed guy, a you know, change of pace, because everybody else is huge. You know, Jordan Anderson is a redshirt freshman. Six four two forty, 240, Caden mm-hmm. Fagan, the true freshman, is 6'3", 250, 6'4", 250, And he's a guy I think we might see. Again, I, Brad Bielma will just name drop players on occasion. If you're paying attention, like those are the ones that he's been impressed with and guys that will probably play. And he's mentioned Caden Fagan more than once you know, just in the last couple of weeks of training camp. Um, and kind of an interesting story. I mean, he's a, a local kid, you know, grew up about – half hour south of Champaign, really small school, um, even smaller town that he's from in Atwood. Um, but he looks like a 35 year old. Uh, he is ripped and he's big and he's pretty fast for as big as he is. So curious to see kind of what he may or may not do as a true freshman.
0: We're talking to Scott Ritchie of the News Gazette about the upcoming <laughs> Illinois football season. Uh, we're going to move over to the defense for a little bit here and Of course, everything with this defense, every single preview you're ever going to read about them, the first thing you're going to see is talk of the law firm. You're going to talk, you're going to talk, of course, about Johnny Newton. You're going to talk about Keith Randolph. I mean, that is just two of the best defensive linemen in the entire country. Newton could potentially be a first round pick this season. I mean, what possible expectation could we set for them that wouldn't be too high? It just seems like the sky's the limit for those two guys.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure there is one, and like those two are like also working to meet those expectations, and they, they have that for themselves as well. Like they understand and are pretty confident in themselves that they are among the best defensive you know, tackles in the country. And you know, I think the fact that they complement each other so well on the field, you know, really helps. And, and off the field, obviously, they're really good friends. They have the whole the law firm, you know, deal together. Yep. But like johnny newton is just like some will say i was a little undersized but he's just so strong and quick and gets into the backfield before i think the offensive line even realizes what's happening um and keith randolph is maybe looks more of the prototypical nfl i mean 65 305 really long arms um yeah, but and they got this competition between each other. I mean, they're really good friends, but like they want to be better than the other, and you know, vice versa. Um, but I think it's all friendly. But sure. I think that that kind of competition, that them pushing each other, and something Keith said, you know, at Big Ten Media Day, was like not just football. Like that Johnny pushes him to be a better Keith, and, and Keith pushes Johnny to be a better Johnny, just on and off the field as well. So I, they're two really good guys, in addition to two. Yep. Very dynamic defensive lineman.
0: You could definitely tell the relationship that they had when we spoke to him at Big Ten Media Days as well. Like, it's just the the chemistry there is just completely undeniable. Fascinating uh, part of that defense and one that's really going to bear watching really nationwide. Um, the area that I kind of keep coming back to just because of the substantial losses that it suffered due, due to you know how well they played last season and moving into the NFL draft you have like Devin Witherspoon is gone, Sidney Brown is gone, Jartabius Martin is gone. I mean, that secondary just was completely decimated by, you know, its own success essentially and now we're kind of left in a situation where, you know, you're not really looking at that secondary as like a potential strength but they're definitely there are interesting pieces that they have acquired in those areas of the field. And I'm kind of curious to get your read on who do you think could step up into those roles that have been vacated by so many skilled players that are now moved on to the NFL? Yeah. So, I mean, Illinois defense typically started five defensive backs. I mean, that was sort of their base
1: package. So you know, Kendall Smith also gone and and camp with the commanders along with uh, Quan Martin. Um, So they got four spots to fill. Uh, Taz Nicholson, I think is the only maybe lock at this point to start at, you know, one of the cornerback spots. Then, you know, throughout spring, summer, now camp, like the it's been actual competition, you know, to round out that lineup. And, you know, you know a lot of training camp competitions are kind of scoffed at. It's like, okay, like the coaches know who the guy is, perhaps <laughs> like the Illinois quarterback competition. Um, but this one's real. And, you know, an injury – to Matthew Bailey has kind of shaken things up a little bit. I think he was another guy that had basically been, you know, penciled in as one of the starting safeties and he could play you know, either, either one of those spots, just he has versatility to do that. Um, but, you know, had a foot injury, you know, in the I think really before spring practice and started missed all that he was getting back healthy, had to get a little setback this summer. And I think there's now a real question whether he'll be available for the opener, so it's back to four open spots and I think Brett Bielma realized that and, you know, added a couple more defensive backs during the summer there. There's a lot of them. I think there's like 20, 21 scholarship defensive backs on the roster. It's like they've made an yeah. investment there. Um, I think in part because they just need to find four somebodies that, that work and work together and there's throwing, you know, a lot at the wall and see what sticks, but I think Demetrius Hill, a uh, transfer from Florida International, he's a Freshman All-American last year, could play either of the safety spots. It sort of depends on who's at the other one, where he fits you know, either at strong safety or free safety. Um, Clayton Bush, a uh, transfer from Southern Illinois, could be that strong safety, which would push Demetrius Hill to free safety. I think um, they moved. You know, Miles Scott who was a former walk-on wide receiver to defensive back, and. But had been really pleased with what he's shown, you know, even I guess what like six months, you know, in that position. He hadn't really ever played defensive back before. I like think he said he played a couple snaps as a freshman in high school, and then had just been a wide receiver. Um, but Aaron Henry, you know, the defense coordinator, talked with him about Miles, and like he said, you know, he looks at you know what Kendall Smith did at Illinois last season at what Kirby Joseph did the year before. And like, there's some similarities that he's seeing with Miles Scott in terms of ball skills and just sort of an aggressive approach to being a safety. Um, the cornerback in competition is stiffer because there's just more options there. Um, Tyler Strain, I think probably at the top of the depth chart at the, the spot opposite Taz Nicholson. He just, you know, had some, experience last year's not the biggest guy, but super strong. Um, I think, you know, a true freshman, Sabur Kareem, you know, they moved from like he was recruited as a safety probably, but they moved him to cornerback. It gives them a lot of length at that position. Um, And then probably the other locked spot is is at nickel and Xavier Scott will will be there. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, he's another guy that they could bounce to cornerback as well. If, if that's just what fits the best.
0: definitely a lot of intriguing position battles to kind of keep an eye on, especially as they enter that game against Toledo to start the season. Uh, Scott, I just kind of want to get maybe a little bit of a big, another bigger picture question in here before we hit some, a few other topics here. Um, I've seen basically every sports book in North America has the over-under win total for Illinois basically set at 6.5. And I'm not going to ask you exactly how many wins do you think they're going to get, but do you think that this team has what it takes to not just become bowl eligible, but to potentially you know, win seven, eight, nine games, and maybe even compete potentially in a wide-open Big Ten West this season?
1: I do, and I think the fact that the, the West is so wide open – helps like Illinois never won a division title since the big 10 went to divisions and in the well, last year divisions, one more chance. <laughs> yeah I mean in the last year divisions they might actually pull it off um, mm-hmm. Iowa is Iowa and I think they'll probably be the stiffest competition I know Wisconsin's being you know picked by more people to win the West but I mean it's a new coach and as it turns out, an entirely new offense where they're going to throw the ball a ton, which I don't think people in Madison have ever seen before. Um, So curious to see how that works. They brought in the right quarterback to do it, though, Mordecai. Um, But, yeah, I think there's real opportunity for Illinois to get that division title for the first time ever and also the last time. Um, But it's just a matter of all these question marks on the roster, like is there an answer? for them. Yeah. An answer that's good enough to maybe be at least as good as last year, because last year's team could have maybe, if you want to apply some hindsight to it, should have won the West. Um, was, we're in a bunch of close games, won more of them than they did in Brett Bielma's first year, but didn't win enough to reach the top of the division. Um, I think they'll be in a lot of close games again this year, because that's what Brett Bielma prefers. Like, He's, he'll, he's more of a grind it out guy. Like Illinois' offense, I think that obviously their intent is to score more, but like if their defense is as good, I mean, as good as last year's, a high bar, but can be in that neighborhood, like they might not have to score much. And Brett mm-hmm. is okay with that. I think he's shown to be okay with that. Um, but I think we'll know more once they get through the first four games of the season. Cause like Toledo's not an easy season opener. I mean, really good Mac team quarterback and receiver coming back that are really talented. We'll test uh, a very new look Illinois secondary Kansas is as fitting, you know, maybe the history of Illinois football, like that game was scheduled a decade ago. Kansas was not any good at all. And, Now they are, and that seems to be – it's been a trend for only football. (laughs) All these (laughs) games scheduled out so far in advance by the time they come around, like the teams have gotten much better. Um, And then, you know, Florida Atlantic's the other non-conference game, and, I mean, first-year coach in Tom Herman, but, like, he knows a thing or two about winning football. And then for Penn State to be the Big Ten opener, um, even in Champaign, like, that's a tough game. I think you get through the first quarter of the season, you'll know if this team has what it takes. And I think they do, but I think it could easily go maybe not the opposite way. I don't think they'll backslide that far, but it could be a point where you know just getting to a bowl game is what they can manage
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's about a fair you know, assessment. I think that they definitely have what it takes. I mean, they came really close to beating Michigan last season. There were games that they could have won here and there, probably a game or two that maybe they didn't play their best but still won. I think the Iowa game kind of jumps out to me in that regard. So definitely think they potentially have what it takes to at least compete in that division. Um, before we let you go, Scott, you do in your Twitter bio – or sorry, your ex-bio. We have to make you sure can- we get that right. Mention. will say, not- say you can keep calling it Twitter. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Well, people know what I'm talking about. If I call it Twitter, I'm not as positive uh, as X. Sorry, Elon. Um, I did want to ask you about that Heisman race. And I mean, you look at the potential field this year and it is completely stacked. I mean, from Quinn Ewers to Caleb Williams to Jordan Travis, Sam Hartman at Notre Dame. I mean, there are a lot of guys who could turn some heads this year. Is there anybody in particular you're kind of looking at potentially, you know, making some noise in that race as we prepare for the upcoming season? Well,
1: it'd be difficult not to mention the, the reigning Heisman Trophy yep. winner, Caleb Williams, had a monster season last year, um, brought two really good wide receivers back, Mario Williams and Brendan Rice, and then got Dorian Singer you know, transferring from Arizona, um, maybe to fill that Jordan Addison role. Dorian Singer was really good at Arizona last year. Um, so I think he's going to be in the running just because he's a freak talent and – Southern Kyle should be pretty good again. Um, yeah. But I think I was just actually going through the, the Heisman odds and like it's eleven straight quarterbacks as the favorites, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, <laughs> the, the first non-quarterback on the list at twelve That's mm. the twelfth best odds, um, and like he's so good. But and I like I just I guess I assume the Ohio State quarterback, whether it's Devin Brown or Kyle McCord, will be good. But like that's the question, like. Can they get the ball to him like C.J. Stroud did? Mm -hmm. Um, The one I kind of like the most might be Michael Penix Jr. at Washington. Um, Mm. And, like, he probably should have gotten more love last year. Which is what he did, like 4,600 yards, 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions. And then, like, he has 2,000-yard receivers back in Rome. I'm going to probably not pronounce his name right. Adunzi and Jalen McMillan. And they won 11 games last year. Will probably win something in that magnitude, you know, again, you know, this year. I just – he could be really interesting. So, I, I don't know if – I mean, he's, what, ninth on the list of, you know, Heisman favorites at this point. So, I don't know if he's a quote-unquote dark, dark horse candidate, but probably doesn't get as much pub as Caleb Williams or Quinn Ewers or Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. Sam Hartman, Drake May, um, like with Quinn, like that was a minor injury last year. You know, missed a couple games. Um, Hudson Card came in, and played decently well. But like, if Quinn's not great, like there's this guy that's his backup right now. It's pretty famous. At least, it's, <laughs> his un- at least his uncle is Uncle's Portal. Um, like, when did the Texas fans just start calling for Arch? <laughs>
0: Uh, they, like, might do, they might do it. They might do it if Quinn's really? good. I mean, I yeah. But why wouldn't you let that pedigree like that's that's the thing I keep thinking about is like how long until like the boosters really start, you know, pushing for him, even if Quinn isn't bad. Like that's <laughs> oh, Texas football. What a fun time. <laughs> All right. All right, Scott, before we get you out of here, I did have one last uh, question about some recent news that was made um illinois basketball is actually going to be hosting a charity uh game to benefit uh victims of the maui uh wildfires and the uh, opponent might be slightly familiar to illinois fans it's uh kansas and it's coached by i think it's um bill self is his name uh what's the what's the vibe that you've kind of gotten ever since that announcement and what do you think the reception is going to be even in a charity game for the bill selfs of the world down in champaign
1: well, I think people are pretty excited, you know, about this. Um, it's been a long time coming, you know, for Bill Self to coach a game again um, in Champaign. Because like, he should he left almost two decades ago at this mm-hmm. point, which seems crazy. But um, Oh
0: God, I feel old.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> uh I mean I love the idea of it. And for one, just I mean, I'll get a chance to see Kansas play and like they're probably gonna be preseason number one um, mm-hmm. heading into the season. Uh, not thrilled about the date because it's on the Sunday of the only open week in the Illinois football schedule. Um, so so that's, just, that's a beat rider beef right there.
0: <laughs> it also yeah. seems completely legitimately planned, too. Like they wanted it to be that particular week. Not to oh. mess with you, just in general. <laughs> just to free up everybody to come to the
1: game. Uh, but I think people would have come if they played it on a Wednesday night Mm-hmm. Yeah, in October too. There's excitement, and probably will be a of booze when Bill Self you know walks onto the court for the first time. But he came back to Champaign a couple of years ago to um for I guess you know Brett Underwood's coaches versus cancer event. You know both him and Lon Kruger. You know, joined Brad. Uh, What's become an annual, I mean, it's been an annual event at Illinois that's raised a ton of money for Coaches versus Cancer in the last several years. Um, And it was a a pretty warm reception for Bill then. Um, I mean, the person that's going to get booed the most is Hunter Dickinson. Um, Not well-liked by the Illinois fan base. I think the feeling is mutual if you you talk to Hunter about it. Um, So I think, yeah. So Bill might be saved by you know having one of his guys be a bigger villain than him. <laughs> oh,
0: I love that. That's an astute observation. Scott Ritchie from the News Gazette. Be sure to follow him on uh, Twitter slash X at SR Ritchie. Uh, it's been real pleasure talking to you. Really looking forward to all of your coverage for Illinois football and basketball. And hopefully, we'll have you on the program again to uh, probably talk about the latter. I would imagine with how you know quickly everything comes up on the calendar. Man, we just you never get to rest. And I appreciate all the hard work that you do.
1: I appreciate that, and I'm glad to join you whenever, just to talk football or basketball.
0: My thanks again to Scott Ritchie for joining us here on the Big Ten Country Podcast. Illinois opens up their season on September 2nd against Toledo, and then they hit the road for a non-conference showdown with Kansas on September 8th. So very interesting start to the season coming up for Illinois. A lot of questions that need to be answered about how their offense is going to be structured, whether the defense will be able to withstand the losses of guys like Devin Witherspoon and Sidney Brown, all sorts of different losses on that secondary front, I think, that Illinois They got a lot of questions to answer. It's going to be really fascinating to see whether they can do that. And before we get to some other news and notes from around the big 10, huddle up sports fans, because it is time to feel the power with points bet with the points bet power hour. You can get boosted odds or bonus bets every single day, whether you're into hoops or hockey home runs or hole in ones, the power is in your hands and, uh, new users to the app will also be able to get bonus bets even if you have a losing wager you get up to 10 days of bonus bets with points bets uh, ability to do so and to, if you download the app use our promo code shytalk10 that is c-h-i-t-a-l-k 10 points bet your move and now without further ado we are going to get into some news and notes from around the big 10 and we are actually going to start Here in Illinois, but not with the Illini, it's actually a Northwestern update. Head coach, uh, former head coach, I should say, Pat Fitzgerald, who was fired earlier this year in connection with uh, hazing allegations at the school. He has a new job, folks, and he is going to be a volunteer assistant at Loyola Academy High School this fall. According to ESPN's Adam Rittenberg, his two sons do play at the school, so... That is what Pat Fitzgerald will be occupying his time with during this uh, fall season. He'll be coaching some high school football out there at Loyola Academy. Now, we're going to move up north a little bit also at Wisconsin where they are going to be dealing with a couple of really key injuries, completely honest, uh, with Luke Fickle's new program up there. Uh, Starting center Jake Renfro, it appears, is going to be out for at least the opener on September 2nd against Buffalo. May miss a little bit of time after that, according to Coach Fickle. And then a bigger injury concern right now, uh, especially with some of the depth issues that Wisconsin is having at tight end, is going to be uh, Riley Nowakowski. Uh, It appears he'll be out for four to six weeks uh, with also with a foot injury. Um, Both of those players definitely were going to play some pretty significant roles for the Badgers this season. Uh, Luke Fickle, not overly concerned about Renfro, does think that he could be back in potentially short order. Really important, though, for him. Played with Cincinnati under Fickle in 2021 when they made the college football playoff. Did miss all of last season with a knee injury. So this has been a long road coming back from him. And it's just going to be delayed a little bit more, um, unfortunately, for him heading into the season. Uh, Noah Kowski, as I mentioned, Wisconsin dealing with a couple of uh, different players at tight end leaving the program. So Noah Kowski's injury, definitely not the way you want to start out a new uh, air raid offense um, up at Wisconsin. So One of uh, Tanner Mordecai's key uh, weapons is going to be out of action for at least a few weeks for the Badgers. And speaking of offensive issues and injuries, etc., Cade McNamara is still out of Iowa practice after suffering a uh, muscle injury during a practice at Kinnick Stadium uh, recently. Uh, so he is not under center, but Kirk Ferentz does believe he will be back at some point here in the near future. Um, Iowa definitely is a team that you're going to be keeping an eye on to see whether or not their offense is going to be able to, you know, actually you know, move the ball this season. struggle with that a lot this season. McNamara is going to be a really big part of that. Hasn't been able to get in those reps. Uh, Joe Labas has also been out of practice for them. So Wisconsin transfer Deacon Hill has been taking the bulk of the uh, snaps at quarterback for Iowa. Definitely a situation worth kind of keeping an eye on. And like I said, that Iowa offense is just... They are really hoping to take a big step forward after some of the struggles that they had last season. So we will also keep an eye on Cade McNamara's health as Iowa kind of prepares for their season opener here. In, it's it's coming up less than two weeks away, guys. We have basically made it here to the start of the football season. And I, for one, cannot wait. And speaking of that season, there is one more bit of news that we wanted to discuss here. And that pertains to Michigan. We spoke to Isaiah hole last week about kind of the expectations around that program, whether they can win a national championship this season ESPN's latest mock draft. If you are into such things, they indicate that to them, they think that Michigan could potentially have up to 17 players chosen in next year's NFL draft. And if that number seems really high, There's a reason for that because it would set a new record for most players taken out of a single school in a single draft in the history of the NFL draft. It would break a record that was actually set fairly recently in 2021. The Georgia Bulldogs ended up having 15 players selected in the NFL draft. Um, That group included number one overall pick Trayvon Walker. I mean, just a stacked team that Georgia had going into that 2021 season. And they were rewarded thusly with so many different players um, drafted. Interesting note, though, about the Michigan aspect of this story is that out of all 17 of those players, you look at guys like Blake Corum and J.J. McCarthy, and you just go down this list. The only one that's really being floated as a definitive first round pick could potentially be Chris Jenkins, which I found really interesting that, you know, you'd see like the top end talent of Ohio State potentially having four, five guys taken in the first round of the draft, but the sheer depth that Michigan ends up having is just on full display when you look at it uh, from that perspective. So again, another story that we'll be keeping an eye on throughout the season is the performance of some of those draft eligible guys from Michigan, whether they can get them across the finish line and get them a national championship. Really excited to see that. And frankly, fans, I'm really pumped for this coming week because we're going to have a great episode for you guys on Wednesday. A little bit of tease, pretty big time guest with a lot of Big Ten knowledge. And you're to be able to hear that interview on Wednesday. And then more importantly, almost, is the fact that we will have live college football on Saturday cannot wait thank you again so much for listening to this episode i'm your host james Naveau. my thanks as always of course to podcast producer tony gill video senior video editor claire philby for a job well done uh with the camera work and all the you know gadgets and gizmos and all the shiny bright things that's all her doing and she is amazing at it so without further ado i just have to say thank you again for visiting big 10 country and we will see you guys again on wednesday